apparently millennials as a generation, which is a group of people who were born approximately uh, 1984 and after, um, uh, are tough to manage. And they're accused of being entitled and narcissistic, self-interested, unfocused, lazy. But entitled is the big one. Surprise, motherfucker. What's going on, everybody? Episode 11 of the Casual Millennials Podcast. Your host, or one of your hosts, Andrew Kubitz, on the microphone. Joined, as always, by Eric S. My lovely co-host. How's it going, Eric? Doing great. Excited for a beautiful podcast with a lovely beer. And our guest has a lovely PBR. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a ba- can, we, can you swear in here? Yeah, I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, all I drink is uh, like bon- bon- rum, bourbon, whiskey. So like, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge beer drinker. So I was just like, oh, PBR, that's what they drink on, you know, Water Street and North Ave. So I guess that's what I'll have. <laughs> Love it. That works. Um, so Martin Moore is our guest drinking a PBR. Uh, so for the people who don't know who you are, or maybe that are, but don't know everything about you, give us, you know, a couple minutes spiel on where you started and where you're at now. Yeah. Uh, my name is Martin Moore. I am currently the content developer for Cost Headphones. Uh, if you don't know who Cost Headphones is, we invented the stereo headphone here in Milwaukee, which is super dope. Uh, so I make all of our commercials, shoot all our photography, all of our interviews, blogs, our ambassador program, some website UX, UI stuff, anything that involves content. Uh, and then before that, uh, I did some videos for On Milwaukee, which is like a local news organization. Uh, I have my YouTube channel that I still currently do where I vlog. Uh, I used to vlog every day, but. Don't really have the time for that anymore. Uh, I have a radio show on 620 WTMJ. Used to be a magician, uh, all kinds of stuff. I worked on cars for 20 years. And then in 2017, I kind of axed that part of my life and got my job at cost doing what I love, which is photography, video, content creation. And so it's a kind of a crazy story that apparently people find interesting of (laughs) how kind of I got to where I am today from where I was. So. That's, that's my elevator. Yeah, that's a great My elevator spiel. We can dive fun. deeper into it if you want. Oh, Whatever you want to ask me, my life is an open book. I want to dive into that first, though. Yes. Cost, with all you're doing there, are you yes. the only person that does all that? Like, do you have a team? Um, I am the, we have a team of people who I kind of like look to and kind of get their advice and inspiration and stuff from, and they kind of look over my stuff and say, yeah, this is cool. This is what I would do. But I'm really the only person that shoots the photos, that makes and cuts the videos. I do all of our voiceovers. So I'm really like a one-man show when it comes to that. But we do have a team of uh, four or five other people that kind of like oversee what I do too, just so we have a couple more eyes and ears uh, on the content that I create, you know. So make sure that I, I stay on brand with cause. Yeah, that's always important. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> Definitely the fact that we've already gotten in trouple for yeah. uh, one of the guests we've had on here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, that's what I do. And I've been there uh, since May of 2017. So I've been doing it for like two and a half years. Uh, and it's even just that short time that I've been doing it. I've learned so much. I look back to my old photos, my old commercials and videos I made. And they're just, in my opinion, they're not good. And I've just, I've learned so much just since then. Uh, so it's it's really cool to get to do what I love for a company that I love, especially in a city that I love. So that is amazing. I'm very, very blessed and fortunate that I get to do that. How did you learn what you've learned? So YouTube. Far? It's all YouTube? All YouTube. I it kind of sucks because like nowadays this is the millennial yeah. casual millennial podcast. Nowadays millennials. I mean, I didn't grow up with. I'm holding up a smartphone. Nobody can. The listeners can't see this, but an iPhone. Yeah, 11. I didn't have this when I grew up. So 
kids today, millennials today, they have literally a tool in their pocket where they can shoot, cut, edit videos, photos, they can blog on it. You can literally make a living off of this device in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And I would have been a whole hell of a lot farther along uh, had I had that when I was in my 20s or when I graduated high school. I definitely wouldn't have started working on cars. Uh, and so it's really cool the opportunities that exist with social media, with smartphones, with technology that just didn't exist 10 years ago. Uh, even think about like esports and gaming. You got kids in high school that are making millions of dollars playing video games. And so it's it's fascinating to me seeing how technology has kind of shaped the the workforce and what you could what's considered a, a career. Yeah. Just nowadays compared to before iPhones and Androids and stuff. You know. So. Well, not only that, but that's not limited to age. Like, it's not right. only millennials that can really take advantage of that. Well, exactly. You could be 67 yeah. years old. You could have an Etsy store. You could decide you want to start your own YouTube ventriloquist channel. Like, it, <laughs> it's the sky is the limit. There's a myriad of possibilities. And so I think it's just an awesome time to be alive to have. I shoot all of our cross commercials on this iPhone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that's the reaction that I get from people. People yeah. are like... Are you serious? Except for the people that I tell that to, and then I was like, I can totally tell that was shot on an iPhone. I'm just like, have you, man? No, you can't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Though. You yeah. just said something else. Just right. to get, get a different response. But let's okay. Let's jump back if you're okay with that, Eric. On your career change, right? Yes. You hinted to it. You brought it up because that was part of the reason why we had this idea of like talking to people who are successful, maybe made a change. Drastically, uh, maybe less drastically, but this is a different like 180 in career change. Dichotomy would be the word I would use. Okay, <laughs> it was. It could not be more different. So let's talk about. It. So how do you get? So your car is 20 years. You're you're yeah. Just so basically, you're wrenching on cars. Basically, I got suckered into cars when I was a freshman in high school. So like you know when you go, you start your freshman year of high school, and like you get what one or two like classes that you get to choose what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of them, I, I wanted to be a carpenter. My dad used to like, he built everything, bookshelves and magic tricks for like magicians and stuff like that. And he, he built everything. And so that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be a carpenter like my dad. And so I took what I thought was like a woods in air quotes 101 class my freshman year of high school. And then I got to the second quarter because there's like a quarter, there's four quarters and you know, yeah. so I get to the second quarter, which you wouldn't think the class would change. And I walk in and it's a totally different class. I'm like, where the hell is everybody? And they're like, oh, well, they're in the autos class. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, this semester is, it's split. It's one quarter's autos, one quarter's woods class to kind of like see what you want to do. And I was like, oh man, well, I don't want, I don't know anything about cars. Yeah. So I go into the autos class and I was, I liked it. I was really good at it. Took the next one, took the next one. I took every autos class. Uh, I helped win a car my senior year for our high school that I went to. Uh, and I think my freshman year, I got a job at Jiffy Lube in 1997, changing oil. And that was like my first job working on cars. And it was neat. I became a manager when I was like 18. Then they got bought out. Uh, I got a job at a Honda dealership in nine, or 2004, I think. No, 1999. Uh, then switched to another Honda dealership in like 2004, uh, but I worked on Hondas for like 16 or 17 years as a master Honda, master Honda, master Honda mechanic. Say that <laughs> 10 times fast. Uh, rebuilding engines, changing oil, tires, electrical problems, like the whole spiel. Uh, and I was good at it. I made really good money. I had dropped out of college when I graduated from high school. I went for what was then internet media arts and air quotes. It was basically like graphic design and like content creation and web design and stuff but like when the internet was kind of in its infancy yeah they were just trying stuff out yeah <laughs> and i quickly realized for me personally 
what bullshit college was because I literally was taking like one course for what I wanted to go for. And because I was never really a good student, I had to take like introduction to college algebra and all these other stupid classes to fill my curriculum or whatever. Uh, And after a semester, I was like, I'm done. Like I'm already making more money than my friends that have graduated from college. And I was like, I'm just going to do the car thing because it was great. Uh, And I did that all the way up until 2017. But it was like 2008, 9, 10 when I got into photography and my car career started going downhill. And then my photography and video career started going up. Intentionally or just... Unintentionally. Okay. So in 2008... Obsession uh, hit? Yeah. I, I was, had been with my current, my current wife, my only wife, <laughs> my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we had been together for a year and we decided to go on a trip together. So we went to Las Vegas. And I literally, I had only... I'd been to Michigan and then I like flew to Portland, Oregon once to pick up like a souped up Volkswagen with my friend and then we drove it back. I'd flown once. I'd literally never, never been anywhere else. And so she's like, where do you want to go? I was like, I'm going to go to Las Vegas. I'm young. Let's do it. Yeah. So I got this little crappy Kodak point shoot camera that was like four and a half megapixel. Uh, and as soon as we were up in the air, I started taking pictures, started taking video. I was like talking to it for whatever reason. I don't know why you would do that back then, yeah. but I was talking to it. And, when we got back, I had all these cool photos, all these videos. And so I like, I made this little vacation video and then uh, I would continue to make vacation videos for every trip we would go on. And that was kind of like my introduction to documenting my life uh, and recording everything that I did. Uh, so that was like 2007-ish when you started two, doing that? 2008 yeah. is when I started doing like video. I, I feel like I started doing video before I really got into photos, but I, I know I got into photos before I got into video because it was only a year later I shot my first wedding and then I shot another wedding and then I was doing uh, maternity shoots, pictures of kids, portraits, senior pictures. That ultimately got me some commercial work, um, which is what I really wanted to do. I want to be a commercial photographer, products and, and stuff for companies. I never wanted to shoot like weddings, um, but it was like around 2015 when my photography, like there was, I had no jobs, but I didn't have a wedding. I didn't have a commercial shoot booked. And I was like, it was creative rut. And I was like, well, like I need to do something creative or I'm going to like kill myself. That's and you're still, and I'm still working on still working yeah. Yeah. And at that time I was just shooting like a wedding a month. Okay. So I'm more like, of a side hustle. Yeah. It was, it was a side hustle. And it wasn't until like 2015 where I didn't have any shoots that year where I was like, well, I need to do something creative. And so for whatever reason I went on YouTube, to look up like local vloggers because like vlogging was starting to get popular. Uh, I had already been making these vacation videos that I had put up on YouTube, but that's right when their <laughs> algorithm that sniffed out music came out and I got my whole account shut down because I had like 30 something violations. Cause I had like, I think I had maybe 12, 13 videos on there. It was all like Owl City and Katy Perry and all this <laughs> shit. And so like it got shut Some down. Right yeah. There. <laughs> uh, and so, I went on YouTube, looked to see if there's any vloggers in Milwaukee, and there was literally like nobody. There was like a beauty vlogger, and then there was some kid in college that talked to his iMac, but that, there was nobody meandering around the city kind of sharing their experience. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. I guess maybe I'll make a YouTube video. So I grabbed my iPhone at the time. I don't remember what it was, like uh, whatever the iPhone was in 15, 6, 6S six or something like that. that. Five, so maybe. Probably six. Yeah. Uh, I went downtown to Bradford Beach and it's a horrible vlog. They'll never watch it. But I like went around and asked people, I was like, what do you like about Milwaukee? And everyone was like, beer. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, and like people saw it and they thought it was cool. So I made another one and another one and another one. And I did it every single day. I made a video for like 89 days in a row. Holy 
And it only took about two weeks before like companies started noticing. And I was making vlogs for like Milwaukee Kayak, The Safe House, MK Boatline, The Milwaukee Hyatt, Hometown Yogi's, MK Float, Milwaukee Home. Literally every company in the city was inviting me to check out their company, try their excursion, taste their food, look at their restaurant. Uh, and I slowly started making a name for myself, mm -hmm. uh, all while I was documenting my traveling, my own personal uh, experiences shooting in the city. Uh, and that was, that was really the catalyst for everything that I do now, me being Martin Moore in air quotes as a, like a brand, mm -hmm. how on Milwaukee found me, um, that they found me through my YouTube videos, um, cost found me through on Milwaukee. And so my YouTube channel is really the catalyst for everything that I kind of do okay. now. Uh, and luckily like the, that kind of intersected with my car career going downhill. Cause it, remember, so this was a typical day of mine. Okay. Can I take two minutes and get into a typical day of mine? Let's hear it. So for probably four years, even though I, I vlogged every day for only 89 days in a row, after I stopped daily vlogging, I still was making like three, four, five videos a week. But basically in a nutshell, I would wake up at 5 a.m., shower, bolt downtown, film the beginning of my vlog, go at 7 a.m., be at the Honda dealership, switch into my dirty ass work clothes, work till noon, skip my lunch break, in my car, switch back into my regular street clothes, drive downtown, film the middle of my vlog, whether it was yapping to the camera, meandering around the city, going to the safe house and like exploring the restaurant, get back to work by one, change into my work clothes, <laughs> work till five, change back into my street clothes, film the end of the vlog at like 7 p.m. downtown, race home, edit till two in the morning, upload, go to bed, wake up at 5 a.m., repeat. And I would do that every single day. And on top of that, shoot weddings, edit the weddings, do commercial shoots, networking events, uh, podcasts, meetings, like all that shit on top of the 50 hour a week job. It was just like nonstop work. Dwayne Johnson got <laughs> nothing on you. And it you was, that. I could never do it again. I yeah. feel like I'm doing it right now. Like this, this summer has been unusually crazy, but it was, it was an unfathomable amount of work. And I don't, I don't know how I was able to do it. I almost got divorced because of it. So yeah. like when we were on vacation, like my wife would like want to go to the room and like just chill, take a nap. I'd edit the vlog. Uh, she would go to bed alone because I'd be filming or editing and she'd wake up and I'd, she'd be alone because I was filming. Filming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was a, it was a ton of work, but it got me to where I am today. So. That's true. <laughs> Do you mind if I jump in with a question? No, I'm sorry. Okay. So let's, um, I want to start with a couple things. So I have, I have a lot of questions, but um, one thing that really intrigued me is you talk about your, your working, your car career outside of the day in the life of, right? And you're slowly getting your photography career going. What were you doing to drive your network to get those shoots, those wedding shoots, get those, you know, product shoots, whatever yeah. it may be? What was it was all word that, of mouth. Is that so that's what I literally, I had no marketing budget or anything. Yeah. It was literally, I shot a wedding. My first wedding I ever shot was in Mexico. Nice. <laughs> uh, and like of a people, Mexican family, or no? It was, uh, <laughs> a friend actually uh, was getting married down there. Nice. Uh, and like people saw it, and then someone else was like, "Hey, my friend's getting married. Will you shoot my wedding? I love th those pictures." And then like it just it just snowballed. Sure. I I don't know I don't know how I got or even what my first commercial shoot was. It may have been for a candy company called Sweet Trio out of Grafton, and I may have gotten that 
through a friend or maybe a family member who recommended me. It was just all recommendations. Mm -hmm. I had a website, but no one visited it per the Google analytics. So it was just all word of mouth. And same thing with my vlogs. Like I never, every vlog that I made, whether it was for the art museum or for the Hyatt, like when they reopened view that circulating thing, I never, people always think, Oh, how do you like, what do you say when you reach out to these companies to like make the videos? And I'm like, they just, they found me and came to me. And so uh, I blame all that on me unintentionally in air quotes, personally branding myself and people just not wanting me because my photos are good or my videos are dope, but because they wanted Mark Moore. Like I'm not the best photographer in the world. I don't make the best videos in the world. Uh, but people want me anyways because they want Martin Moore because they associate me with, I don't know, Milwaukee, Milwaukee and good work, I guess, apparently. And so you say unintentionally, but you just told me that you would spend every waking moment working towards that. So did you know what you were really working towards? I, I wasn't, you know you were doing something that was I wasn't working for, you know, as much as I wanted the end game, as much as I wanted to do what I loved for a living, that, that wasn't really what was like driving me. I wasn't like, I wasn't like a dog chasing a car that I was never going to catch, or I wasn't chasing like a carrot on a stick yeah. on a pole that was attached to my back. Like I really truly enjoyed documenting my life. I enjoyed shooting. I enjoyed the process of, of, of creating and doing, and I would have done that regardless for, I don't know how long I would have done that regardless had I gotten a job at I'm a walker, gotten a job at cost or gotten a job doing it full time. I would have done it regardless. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would have been cool to, get a job and quit cars and do what I love for a living and get paid to do it. Yeah. That's kind of what I was chasing, but ultimately the the process of, of creating all that stuff and, and enjoying it for myself. That's really what drove me. That's really what fulfilled me. Cause I've always been two things. I've been an entertainer and a creator. I was a magician when I, I started doing magic when I was seven years old and not like your shitty uncle's magic at Thanksgiving, <laughs> like floating people, cutting people in half. Uh, I played music for 10 or 15 years in bands uh, I have my YouTube channel. So I've always been entertaining people. I've always been creating. So yeah. like, that's, that's what I live for. Uh, that's what completes me. So yeah, to answer the question, yeah, I was chasing a, a career, but that real, that wasn't the, the ultimate goal. It was kind of just to do what I love in any fashion that I could so that I, I felt satisfied and complete. Uh, sure. If that makes any kind yeah, of so sense. If I may speak for you. So the goal wasn't to get, the goal was to do the work itself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to get anything out of it. And I think that's something that like a lot of people mistake. Oh, like, for sure. You start doing something and you think like you start a company, you're like, my goal is to get an exit and make a lot of money. Like, oh yeah. By Q4, I want to have, I want to make six figures exactly. by, you know, by, by in two years, I want to have this many employees. And it's like anybody, I always say anybody can do anything for six months or a year, yep. uh, but you have to, you have to be okay with the fact that you may never reach your goal and you're never going to reach your goal. Entrepreneurship, uh, doing, chasing your dreams is like fucking gambling. It's never going to be enough. No matter what achievement you reach, you'll at best you'll relish in it for thirty seconds, and then you're already on to well, what's the next thing? It's like pulling a slot machine yeah. lever. And so there's people that are chasing the payout, and then there's people that just enjoy pulling the lever. And I'm the latter of the two. Sure. Uh, and the people that are chasing the payout, to me, those are the people that are going to burn out and die. Uh, and those are the people that people like me gobbled up along the way right or just outran that sounded pretentious (laughs) (laughs) sound clip it (laughs) that's content (laughs) oh man if you got something otherwise i got more i can ask but i'm going i got okay these are these are by the way these are outstanding 
questions. Well, we're only 20 minutes in, so we can easily ruin this door. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so one thing that I've really been focusing on in my own life as I pick, take up more hobbies and I do more entrepreneurial things, because I host another podcast, you know, I'm starting jujitsu, as you know, leaving here. Oh, nice. Yeah, and a little bit, so I have class at seven tonight, um, and I'm three weeks in, I've already injured both my big toes and my back hurts like a motherfucker. So it's going well. <laughs> yeah, and I got choked out eight times last time. Um, but time management has been one of the biggest things, because, mm-hmm. you know, I work a nine-to-five job, I'm trying to do two podcasts, go to jujitsu as many nights, and I teach one night a week at a college. And do a podcast. And do, yeah. So what was you know, one of the things that you were finally figured out maybe as you were doing the double life, as I say, between blogging uh, and working full time, you even said it pretty straight on your marriage. So what was kind of the end result of you uh, managing your time better and give time to your wife as well as your career, as well as everything else? I didn't. <laughs> I mean, if you stayed with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, as you guys know, yeah. t- time is your biggest enemy when you're trying to do all the things that you guys are doing that I'm doing, that all the people that we probably know uh, who are who are just doing much more than just a nine to five times your biggest enemy. You only have 24 hours in a day. And so allocating it was tough. And I didn't allocate it to my wife. I didn't allocate it to my marriage. I sure as hell didn't allocate it to my family and friends. I probably had a three or four year period where I had zero friends, none. My wife would go out and I'd be lucky enough to have a date. This, this was... Mainly, I realized this after I had stopped daily vlogging and I like I was doing maybe like four or five videos a week and I would I would have like a Friday night off or something. And she'd go out with her friends to like have drinks. She's like, what are you going to do tonight? And I, I'd like literally go through my phone and I'd be like, boy, I don't have a single person I could call right now. Yeah. No one. I had no friends. Zero for like three or four years. Uh, and like that sucked. And that that was kind of the beginning of where I realized like how much longer can I like I, I realistically do this. Yeah. And that's when I kind of started toning back the vlog a little bit. And so it was, was it worth it? Oh yeah. I would do it again. Okay. I don't know if I could do it again, but, but, but I, I would do it again because I learned so much. I won't, obviously I won't be where I am today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, allocating that time was, it was not, it was not easy. It was <laughs> How is it now? You said you work at class, you have a radio show, yeah. you're always on uh, podcasts. It's tough. I, I don't know how to say no to people. So <laughs> I literally, here. <laughs> I mean, I literally, every podcast, so, I mean, I can't tell you, I probably can check my DMs right now and there's probably five people that are like, I'm starting a podcast. I'd love for you to be my first guest. Okay. Like <laughs> uh, every interview, every speaking engagement, like I just... Did a speaking engagement to at Alberta College for like a media class. It was only like I don't know, fifteen people. I mean, it wasn't it was it wasn't a TEDx, uh, but I do it anyways. And I, so I don't know how to say no to people. So that makes it difficult. That is true. Um, even even now, I'm just I'm always pressed for time. My radio show. So I do a radio show on Tuesdays uh, from like eleven to noon on six twenty WTMJ, and they want me to start like doing a night show that I do periodically whenever I can, but they want me to do it like every night. What do you talk about on your radio show? Uh, entertainment, a lot of tech, pop culture, um, no politics. I just, I don't yeah, talk don't, about that kind of no, stuff. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I would love to do more of the radio stuff. I really enjoy being on the radio, but I just, I don't have the, the time for it. So out of all of this, you don't have your own podcast? I don't know where I'd find the time. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would love to have a podcast because... Everything, as hard as I've worked, all the stuff that I've yapped about so far, as hard as I've worked, 
I'm nothing without the people that supported me. I'm nothing with without the guy who started his first podcast and wanted me to be a guest on. I'm nothing without everyone who shared my YouTube videos, that took the time to comment on it, to like it. I, I'm nothing without the the people that decided to slide into my DMs and say, hey, you know, your photographs are a huge inspiration to me, your vlogs. I started, I can't tell you how many times people came up to me or emailed me or DM me and said, I want to start a YouTube channel. I, I don't know how I'm scared. I'm afraid what people are going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all those people that look to me for inspiration, that supported me, that shared my content, that were there for me and had my back, even when I wanted to quit the vlog, when I wanted to quit all my shit when I was depressed, working on cars, that's why I'm where I'm at today. That That's far more substantial as far as contributing to me being rammed today in my success than any amount of hours that I put in a day, you know? And so circling back, the segue that was is, yes, I would love to start a podcast only for the reason to invite those people on or the the young kids, the millennials now that were hustling like me and bring them on and give them a platform to talk about themselves, showcase their work and get their name out there so that I can give back because I've caught my carrot. I don't need to be on this podcast. I don't need to be, I was on TMJ4 the other day for uh, like some inspiration piece. I forgot that means selling an asshole. I don't, I don't, I don't need those things yeah. right now. And so, all I want to do is is give back to people, and I appreciate all the opportunities that I'm getting now. But I'm always trying to find ways where I can give back to people, whether that's my connections through costs and, and doing giveaways for pod. Like I should have brought you guys headphones so you could do a giveaway. Uh, you know, doing whatever I can to be yeah. in someone's YouTube video um, and give back to people and help be a small part of giving them an opportunity uh, that like I got when I was first starting up. No, that's awesome. I'm glad you even said that. Cause I feel like that's something that gets lost in this entrepreneurship hustle that oh, everybody's sure. chasing. And it is, it's your family mm-hmm. and it's your friends. It's your day one people that were like, yeah, go do that. I will be right here. Or yep. I'll be propping you up or I'll like every single one of your posts. Uh, and those, you know, you don't ever hear about them in the sense that you brought no, that up and think about. I think a lot of people, and LinkedIn has been a huge problem with this. And I could talk about my beef with LinkedIn for <laughs> at least 24 I'd hours. I'd be a little curious. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, one of my biggest issues with um, a lot of like the current generation and uh, like the entrepreneurs, you know, they want to start businesses or be photographers or, or start a marketing firm is I, f- I feel like a lot of them are just chasing hustle porn and they want to create hustle porn uh, and they want to, they want to glorify the grind um, rather than embrace it for what it is. And I I personally have an issue with that and it frustrates me because I feel like it really devalues the hard work that I put in. I feel like it devalues the hard work that people like you guys uh, put in uh, and and it just drives me. I know exactly what you're talking about. That drives me fucking crazy. So I just I just came across this post on LinkedIn, or I came across it on Facebook, and this dude posted this long, like two or three paragraph story um, about how his employees he doesn't get mad at his employees because if they come in late or if they leave early or if they have to take a day off because. Um, like they have family and they have issues and he never asks why they have to do it. He just lets them do it because, uh, I don't know. Employees. Oh, is this the story of like, they asked me to work from home and I didn't ask why because yes. I don't pay for seat warmers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, there. this dude literally cut, copy and pasted this yeah. from someone else. 
And he got found out. And this was on LinkedIn. He got found out by a bunch of people and a bunch of people just rightly so were like, what do you do? Like, why wouldn't you quote this person? Why would you make something like this up? So he responded and he replied on LinkedIn with this half-assed apology and then went on to say that the people that were commenting on this, calling them out on it, were trolls, they were wrong, and they didn't get the bigger message. And all of his followers and stuff were commenting, supporting him, saying, well, what's the big deal? Like, it's not, a, and it's like, that kind of shit pisses me off because LinkedIn is this breeding ground for wannabe influencers mm -hmm. who literally just steal other people's ideas and thesis on the hustle, the grind, and entrepreneurship, and try and pawn it off as their own. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for people like me who actually have lived it, have done it, have real valuable insight and information to give people. And the thing is, is it, it makes you not trust anything that you hear on the platform. You have no idea if that person really believes what they said. You have no idea if that's an actual true story. You have no idea if you just got off a plane and it's jacked up over a Gary Vee podcast. You have no idea if these people are just fucking parents and plagiarizing people or if they're actually really legit. And I think, I think that is a, is something that's been interesting to watch kind of unfold social media because social media has drastically changed over the last five years. I was just going to say, you've seen the same thing on Instagram though, between half the influencers sure. that it wasn't real and they were raging up credit cards to, to fulfill the stuff. That's why like those LinkedIn posts, like I knew exactly. What the thing is, about. the thing that's special about times. LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is not the only social platform that's guilty of just completely obnoxious plagiarism. Yeah. But the Instagram and like YouTube, you at least have to, in air quotes, create something. True. That being said, LinkedIn, the, the stakes are so low. Uh, it's the entry fee is so easy to just go cut, copy and paste whatever quote or motivational thing you think is going to get you engagement, is going to is going to get you likes, get followers, may jumpstart your personal brand. You just cut, copy, paste it, and done. Yeah, and I think that's just because it's a young social media mm -hmm. still, and they're still yes. working through that. Because exactly. it is one of the few places where organic um, followings can still happen, and yeah. organic reach can still happen. So it'll it'll work itself out, I think, eventually. But yeah, it's a little frustrating, not especially is. somebody who is trying to leverage that platform to, I guess, build a personal brand, but get my name out there yeah. for potential job opportunities, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it's frustrating when you see people cheat their way to the top when you know guys like you are putting in the work putting in the time mm -hmm. um experiencing the sacrifices and then to just watch other people just bullshit their way through entrepreneurship and through personal branding it, it's frustrating a lot of people do that yeah. oh, so more than a lot that's an understatement that's that's a euphemism <laughs> <what you> just <laughs> used. so 10 years ago like yeah. 10 years ago martin moore obviously you started blogging and stuff then what would you do now if you were 10 years younger trying to do the exact same thing, you're so mechanic, <laughs> trying to change it. How would you question. change? Or what would you do in today's world to really get that value? So if I, if, I, if, it was, if I was not, I just turned 39. If I was not 39 and I was 29, but we were in 2019, yep. Yep. that sounds like some inception stuff. But what I do, <laughs> uh, I would network, 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 network. Yep. Networking uh, has been absolutely vital. Collaborating, networking with people, feed, getting feedback from people, we didn't have Milwaukee 10 years ago, just didn't have the networking scene. It didn't have the creative scene that it has today. This, this kind of stuff just didn't, it wasn't going on. People mm -hmm. weren't having all these podcasts. There wasn't all these marketing firms and workspaces and hashtag MKE and all these things. Um, so if I had those tools, definitely would have been 
would have been utilizing that more so, so than probably have, social media and more than vlogging and oh I would I still would have vlogged um, don't you think that has lost some value in 2019 vlogging because of versus 2008 yeah versus 2000 no because I think I, I still think there's so many authentic people out there that will just completely mesmerize you and I always look to Post Malone I don't know if you're a Post Malone fan I am, yeah you are yeah you look at this kid and he's what 23 years old and he just came out of fucking nowhere and you look at him and you listen to his music and if you're a fan you just don't understand how in 2019 someone else hasn't already done that yeah it's, it's like the heavens just dropped this dude on earth and gave you a voice and music and a persona and a brand that just it, there's not even hints of him anywhere else. And so no. you're, to answer your question, do you think, you know, vlogging is, is it oversaturated on YouTube? Yes. But is there opportunity for, for authentic people in the same kind of fashion that Post Malone is on YouTube? hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And we see it all the time. Uh, and so I think it, it's much more difficult that, you know, there's a million other people trying to do the same thing as you. And I think that's where, where authenticity personal branding really comes into play. You can't just go out there and just talk to your camera and expect that you're going to be some famous YouTuber. You have have to have something to offer people. And that's your story. That's who you are. That's all the little idiosyncrasies that make up who you are, what you believe. That's the thing that's unique to you. And if you're fortunate and lucky enough to have a story and a personality that is interesting enough to people, you know, you, you may be able to find some success on YouTube. I mean, that's a good way to describe it. Authenticity is a big word, especially Shoot. now in the world where fake news is such a real thing yep. and people don't know what to believe. No. But people, like, especially on a vlog and anything where you are putting yourself out there can tell when you're being authentic. For sure. And it really, it really helps you. I was not, just for the record, I was not authentic when I first started my vlog. I was... I watched a lot of Boyfriend vs. Girlfriend, Jesse Wellens, watched a lot of Casey Neistat, watched a lot of, um, who were some of the other vloggers that I used to watch? Chase Jarvis was, he wasn't really a vlogger, but he was like the first person that I really like looked up to and I was like, well, I'm going to start like emulating this guy. He's a photographer out of Seattle. He did like a lot of video work and like if you even look at a lot of my photography today, you can see a lot of my commercial inspiration uh, in the work that he did. I feel like that's normal though. You start with some type of inspiration. but at some point you have to stop hiding who you yes. I was always Absolutely. afraid of the way I smile. I was always afraid of my, st- I have a really stupid laugh that like, I, I still try to hide, but I, I try to bring it out in my Instagram videos. Um, a lot of like, a lot of the things I believed, I wasn't really sure if I like, I believe them. And like, I just, my, I didn't, I didn't really know myself. And so how can I, how can I share what I don't know? And through my YouTube channel, I, I learned a lot about myself and I slowly, morphed from you know emulating some of my idols and kind of finding who i really was uh and i think that's important but i think there's a lot of people that don't have that epiphany they don't have that moment in their creative or entrepreneurship career and they just continue down the path of copying like fucking samsung (laughs) you know uh and it's just (laughs) like uh unless you do that you're just going to be another another person that's copying trends instead of setting them sure uh so let's bring this back all the way to your college days how few they were uh like five months <laughs> <laughs> so we can literally get count down to the day yeah. there. um because this is something that we ask 
every person, and you obviously answered a little bit in your intro, and that is you regretted going to college because mm. you dropped out. But let's talk about in today's world. Yeah. A kid graduating college, they maybe have some similar interest to you. Do you still recommend they don't go to college, or do you think there is some value in college that they could I think it depends on what you do. Obviously, if you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor or sure. something that requires <laughs> a CPA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a degree, yes, you have to go to college. That being said, I think I think there is value. I th- here's what I think. I think there's value in going to college. I also think college is bullshit. It's overpriced. Student debt is a major problem in this country. But I also think there's a lot of value. You can you may go to college and find out what you don't like that you don't want to do something, but you also might find through college, through networking, through classes, find out what you want to do by finding out what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. If that makes any kind of sense. And I think there's still this stigma out there that if you drop out of college, um, like it's, it's a dumb thing to do. You wasted your money. I have no problem with someone getting, let's be honest, when you're 18 years old and you're getting out of high school, no one knows what the fuck they want to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. You also, the world is so small. You have no clue. All the little, all the little jobs that make up a, a career. You don't, you, everyone thinks oh, I'm going to be a firefighter or a postman, or I'm going to work in marketing or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a doctor. You don't realize all the little sub genres of every single job and career that there are until you've been out in the real world for two or three years. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people go into college thinking I'm going to get a degree in a marketing degree. And it's like, well, what kind of marketing? You could be marketing for a headphone company or for a water company, or you could be marketing for a, a, a company that makes wallets, yeah. you know? And for me, I love marketing and shooting campaigns for a headphone company. But I don't want to do it for, I don't know, Chia Pet. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's just like, I think I think college can be useful in figuring out what you want and what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you reach that point, there's nothing wrong with calling it quits, cutting your losses, dropping out. If if you've been pursuing something else and you've kind of taught yourself something else, sure. or there's an internship that you could have gotten into. I mean, I went blindly just quit and be like, all right, I'm going to figure it out now. But if, you're, <laughs> but if you have some kind of side hustle where you're learning how to edit videos on your own or you're learning how to start your own podcast or you started an Etsy store and you're like, all right, well, I, I'm making a little money on the side. I, I'd rather pursue this and lose my woman's studies degree or my or my arts degree. or what History you, degree. Yeah, history degree. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think blindly finishing a four, five, six-year degree because your parents told you that's what you need to do or your grandparents told you that's what you need to do, I think that's stupid. It's irresponsible. And I think it's wrong for anyone to tell you that you should if there's not going to be any end value in it for you. Mm-hmm. But so you're coming about like dropping out and how there's a stigma about it. I'd almost look better at somebody who went to college and dropped out because at least you tried it. You're like, yeah. hey, this is something that could be really nice and good for me. But I was like, I got there, I did a year and I was like, you know, I just wasn't doing well. And I switched over to this. And no. that shows to me that you're self-aware and you exactly. understand what's going Here's on. the other thing that's where college is becoming a problem is there's so many degrees, bachelor's degrees that you would get where people are going for four or five years in marketing or social media or graphic design or all these kind of like tech areas. By the time you finish that degree, the industry's already changed. Yeah. The software you've, you've learned and used, uh, the ideas and theses you've learned in marketing have already changed. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you graduate, you're so fucking far behind where everyone else is that you get you start your new marketing job on day one or you know or your new social media job on day one. And people are looking at you like you're an idiot because you're talking about how you need to 
uh, you know, you up, your, up your ad rev on fucking, on, yeah. yeah, on fucking MySpace and Vine. Yeah. And they're just like, what are you, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> and so I think, I think there's a lot of degrees that need to be, they need to strip out the bullshit yeah. and compress it down into a one or two year program. Sure. That's tough. That's super uh, tough. Uh, well, the, and then there's so many companies too that, you know, marketing degree, they require a marketing degree, but then they also require for an entry-level position, two years of marketing experience. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, where the hell yeah. am I supposed to get that? It's like the whole credit card thing. You need credit yeah, to get a credit, credit card, card, but I can't get a credit card without credit. And around and around you go. It couldn't be entire debate. Yeah. <laughs> That's the world that we live in mm-hmm. today. So, you know, education is very interesting and we're seeing so you know, going back to what I brought up in the beginning with the smartphone, we're seeing so many people that are just saying, fuck it, I'm going to figure out how to do it myself, that are using their phones and using the tools and the powers of the internet and marketing or uh, networking to create their own opportunities, whether they want to be a professional YouTuber or a gamer or start their own social media marketing company. You know, there's a lot of people that are just taking their lives and their careers in their own hands and doing something with it, like me, and creating an opportunity. And I literally... I. Someone could have gotten a degree and taken my job at cost, and I stole it from them without any degree, just teaching myself. Hell right. So I think that like, that is so much more valuable nowadays. Like it's starting to switch more yeah. to people like you, you know, dropped out of college, knew it wasn't for you, versus someone who went to college, you know, because their parents told them. Yeah. And they don't have a personality that takes you the grit. Exactly. And, and some I, people don't, you know, and that's and that's it's that's something to to figure out and to find in yourself. I always say this. There's a reason why I'm not the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I would love to be the quarterback. I love football. I love the Packers. I love to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I just, I wasn't born in my blood. Like, it it ain't me. There's just some people, no matter how much you want to be an influencer or own your own business or do whatever, some people you just, you're just not made for it and you have to be okay with that i wasn't i wasn't made to be a musician i love music i was devastated when i finally these tattoos right here this play symbol is always to remind me to play music because i gave it up once mm-hmm. and it literally it almost killed me because like i love music sure. and then i gave it up again because i realized i'm just i don't i don't have the you know it's just it's not for me it's not going to be me yeah. like i'm not for whatever reason i'm I fa- i'm failing at it and it's not my forte that's totally fine. Yeah, but photography and video was. And so, you know, you have to be okay accepting the fact that maybe you're not cut out to be a business owner. Maybe you're maybe you aren't cut out to be a YouTuber. And, and that's down to being self-aware. Yeah. Yes, yeah. self-awareness is is major. So major. And that's a huge thing too with dropping out and just kind of going back to that mm-hmm. for a second. Like when you drop out, I think it's great to drop out if you have a plan like you. When yes. you're dropping yeah. out to like Sit in, I don't know, be addicted to whatever it is. Vape. Watching, yeah, you know, like vape all day and play Fortnite. Right. That's a terrible idea to yeah. drop out to do that. Exactly. You know, basement. Like, no knock on that. But if you don't have a plan, if you need a damn plan, yeah. The, or like go to YouTube Cat. Yes, you know, learn exactly. YouTube. The, that caveat is absolutely <laughs> vital for this uh, conversation. <laughs> no, for sure. He's on it. That's yeah. how, he's our video guy. Yes. So that's, what he, that's what I brought him for. But I think, like, and we've said this before, but like, you and I are like, I think the key of being like self-aware, like I am self-aware to know that I didn't have the time to do video nor the knowledge to do any video or editing. And I knew this guy over here who started a marketing company and had video and knew it. And I had a microphone and I knew how to edit. And I was like, we have a great pair. So why don't we do this together? Right. And I think also having somebody else holds you more accountable to getting things done and getting something off the ground. Cause we, every, you, everybody needs that. Like nobody's Superman. Like, and 
I wish I had had someone to hold me accountable for stuff. And so it's, yeah, yeah like, you, like you guys said. How did you? I just made my, I don't know. So you are Superman. No, Martin Morris, definitely not. Superman. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. But I mean, but you're you, right. You know, um, <laughs> friends will hold you accountable. You, you always need someone to turn to yeah. when you have those days where you're just like, I don't know what to fucking do. This isn't working. So you had those days. Oh God, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was your mindset going? Were you just like, I should just fucking do it because I got to do it, or you know, how did you? I I remember the first time that I was gonna quit the vlog. It's a it was it's a it's a horrible video. I was just, I was fried. I think what it was. What people search to find it? <laughs> <laughs> um, how to make a brandy old fashioned. Ooh, so go on YouTube and put in how to, uh, Martin Moore and just put like, uh, I think how to make a brandy old fashioned. Okay. I'm probably making this up, but I feel like it was maybe vlog number 40 or 50. Okay. And it was raining out. I had a shitty day at work. I had not filmed anything in the morning or the, on my lunch break because it was raining out. And this was going to be the first time where I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to do it. It's pouring rain out like I'm not gonna make a vlog and I was just like I'm fucking done like I, I don't want to do this I'm so sick of fabricating stories every single day to just to make a video you know just to say that I made a video every single day and I was like sitting in my car and I was like I'm just gonna go home and I was like fuck I'm gonna make a video so I went to I think it's swinging door exchange and I made a I talked to apparently they had the best brandy old fashions in the city Talked to the bartender and he showed me exactly how they make it and it was like a stupid little three minute video mm-hmm. uh and boom i had another video and we're done starting the next day uh and so uh, what was the question how do i <laughs> how do you I'm, get through those days where you just don't want to keep doing it or you yeah. want to stop you want to quit it's not working you haven't seen the benefits from it yet uh, you feel like it's never going to happen how do you get through I, those days? I guess my answer to that is you have to embrace opportunity. I've always looked at my life. This is a horrible analogy, but like my life working on cars and everything that, that I didn't want to be is that the is the Titanic sinking and everything that I, I wanted uh, to just be happy day to day, creating, maybe get a job doing what I love uh, as the shore. And then in between that ship sinking and the shore were all these little lifeboats, all these opportunities. And every lifeboat that I got into, every opportunity that I took, got me one step closer to the shore. And every one that I didn't get into, there was someone in the water treading for their life that would have gladly taken my place. And so it's it wasn't so much the fear of not doing something or saying I don't have the time or I'm exhausted. It was the fear of if I didn't make that video, if I didn't do that photo shoot, if I didn't go to this networking event, if I didn't meet with this company, someone else will. And that'll set me back. Someone else will get into that boat and they're going to get to the shore first. I like that metaphor. I didn't say anything because we're going to clip that later. So now we have it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. I mean, my thought when I, when I have those days of like, I don't want to do this or I don't want to, because my other podcast is a Bucks podcast. I've been doing it for two years. Nice. I get nothing out of it. Like 80 people listen to it, but I yeah. do it because I love the Bucks and, here's and I the, love doing it. I love that you brought that up. I really like that you brought that up, that you said 80 people listen to it. Because here's the crazy thing is we have a generation of young adults who think that if they don't have a million followers, if their YouTube video doesn't get 100,000 views, if my Instagram post doesn't get 10,000 likes, yeah. that, they've, that they've somehow failed. Sure. Take 80 people and put them in this space right here. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking people. It is. On Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, yeah, on Milwaukee, was it on Milwaukee or Koss? 
one of those two companies found me on a video that had 54 views on YouTube. Wow. So here's the thing. Would you rather have a podcast that you made and a million people listen to it that don't really give a shit or one person listened to it and it was the owner of some podcast company in Manhattan, New York that wanted, wanted to bring you in and pay for a space for you to have, you know? Right. So that whole stigma that, you know, that kids have and, and young adults have that, you know, if I, if I don't have all these views and followers and likes and all that shit, that, that means absolutely nothing. Sure. Nothing. Here's another example. So I shoot all of our cost commercials on my iPhone. Mm -hmm. One, mainly because the camera's good. I like it. Uh, and it's just, it's easy to do. It's not as intrusive as my digital SLR or having a giant gimbal. Uh, and I started doing that last year. And I think Cult of Mac, who's like a huge like Apple blog, ended up coming across my YouTube video that luckily my SEO was good on it. And it was like, I filmed a commercial on an iPhone XS Max or whatever, but it only had, I don't know, a couple hundred views on it. And they found that video and they wrote a story on it. That's cool. YouTuber makes a commercial on an iPhone. Cult of Mac found it, iClassify found it, then The Verge found it. And then it just started spreading like wildfire mm -hmm. on a video that didn't have a million views, on a video that didn't have 100,000 views, it didn't even have 1,000 views. It had a couple hundred views. And I got all of this exposure from all these tech and Apple blogs off a video that got a couple hundred views. And someone who, I don't know, spent time using a whole bunch of other cameras and shit like that didn't. So views, likes, all that shit is completely irrelevant. I completely agree. That, I mean, that's why they're taking it away. Instagram, Facebook, yeah, they're taking it away. I think they should. And th that's not even getting into the whole psychological part of it. How depressed some oh, people get. Yeah, you know how many crazy. models get depressed because they're trying to keep up with all the other models mm -hmm. and they're, you know, the they're not getting the likes and the followers. It's it's horrible. It's again, it's like pulling a slot machine. Sweet. I got my first hundred likes. I got my first hundred followers. Sweet. Now I'm up to a thousand. Well, now I'm up to ten thousand. It's it's never fucking ending. And so you get rid of the like button and you get rid of all that fucking stress that comes along with it. Those, that anchor that keeps you up at night. Like, oh my God, I hope when I wake up in the morning, I went from 921 likes to 1,001. Like, who gives a shit? Really? You know? Well, then that's, and that's kind of where I was going with it. It was like, when those things happen or stuff like that, it's, you got, you got to be doing it because you like it. And that's exactly. You like, you were grinding your ass off because exactly. you enjoyed it. Here's the thing about all that, too. The likes and the followers and the views and all that, too. You may think it's important, but companies, companies like that I work for, there's no scenario where we get a cold DM or a cold email from some influencer on Instagram that says, hey, we'd love you to sponsor our podcast or sponsor our my Instagram, my travel Instagram page. I'll wear your headphones, look at all my followers. And the first thing I don't go to do is see if you have paid followers or go through your comments and see if it's a bunch of people from fucking India fake commenting on your shit. Every brand and company knows if you're legit or not. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't fake it. I, we would rather have a DJ in the city that has 2,000 followers and gets 20, 30 comments on his, on his posts and that all the clubs he plays are filled than some bullshit DJ somewhere else that has a fake 500,000 followers and a bunch of bots that comment on his stuff. And I'll find out within five seconds. Yep. You know? 100%. Uh, and so, I, again, I'm glad you brought that up because, okay. yeah. Sweet. So, I have a couple questions. Yes, like let's going do it. away from that. So, something that really intrigued me. 2008, you were editing this stuff. Going way back to earlier in this podcast. Yeah. What the hell were you editing it on? iMovie. 
It was all iMovie. All iMovie. And iMovie was, and it still is today, it's a really powerful tool. You know, for what I was doing, I wasn't making Star Wars. It was literally right. single clips. I was laying music underneath it, and I was doing a couple layers of text. Yeah. And that was it. And anything that graphically I needed to make, I would just do it in Photoshop, export it as a transparent PNG, and then just throw it over the video. Right. So most people, all they need is Movie Maker or HitFilm or iMovie. Like, you don't need to use Final Cut Pro like I use or Premiere. Um and that, that, that's all I use is iMovie. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's what you use now is uh, Final Cut Pro. I use Final Cut Pro. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, I, can, I can cut a commercial in a quarter of the time in Final Cut Pro than I could on Premiere. Really? I hate Adobe Premiere. Man, I use that a lot now, and I've actually Dude. heard that a couple times. Uh, and one, I don't do anything crazy with it either. I'm just like making super oh, easy B-rolls. You should be using Final Cut. One interesting thing that uh, I learned when I was on uh, TMJ4, they uh -huh. did like a news story on me. I got to like check out their newsroom and stuff. Weird flex, I know. <laughs> uh, like they all use Final Cut Pro. There's so many like TV studios that are using it again. Because Final Cut Pro was the program that like feature films, that, or Final Cut 7 was what everyone used. And then Apple dumbed it down when they came out with Final Cut X. Uh, and everyone complained and started switching to Avid and Premiere. And now it's made a huge comeback because it's so powerful. It's so fast. It renders 4K in real time. You literally can export a 4K 10-minute video in two minutes. And That's you can, crazy. You don't need, like, After Effects or Motion to create, like, simple graphics and stuff. You just do everything in it. Really? It's so efficient. It's okay. so efficient. Well, then what about other, I mean, do you ever use, like, let's just say, like Lightroom? Or yeah, so I added all my photos in Adobe Lightroom. And so you still Photoshop. do have those? Yeah, uh, Adobe Illustrator. Okay. Um, I use those, but I, I don't use... No, and I've heard that too, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. That that's awesome. I can't, I cannot recommend Final Cut Pro enough. Okay, cool. Um, I do want to ask some like end questions. Yeah. But I want to kind of get your take on anything else that you wanted to bring to light after you chatted with us for a little bit. Yeah. Anything else that you kind of just want to like throw in there? Oh, uh, I'm getting nervous turning 40 next year. I'm getting really <laughs> nervous. Like, I, I was thinking about it uh, yesterday when I had to do my radio show. Like, they always say, you always hear from like adults and older, like our, all people that are older than us, aunts and uncles, you know, like as you get older, life like goes yeah. faster and faster and faster. And it's like, it, it really does. And I'm starting to get to the point where like, I love my job. I'm happy with my job. I make a good living. I get to do what I love. I get to have fun doing podcasts and be in the news and all that stuff. I need to like start saying no and kind of enjoy going on a bike ride or taking a walk with my wife or enjoy being on a vacation and not recording myself the entire time which i still do and i i literally i have a, we went to alaska in june i filmed the entire trip to make uh, a, a movie like a 45 minute movie about it and crazy. i've done nothing with the video yeah i don't know if i ever will yeah uh, i'm glad i have it but all that time that i was yapping to the camera and recording video i wasn't looking what was right in front of me uh and so that's something that i've kind of been struggling with and i think those are those are sac life sacrifices and life experiences you can kind of sacrifice early on. But as I get older, as I inch towards 40 and, you know, inevitably 50, uh, I want to start being more present. I want to be off my phone. I don't go on social media on the weekends. I, I want to stop filming everything. I kind of want to have a nice balance between my hustle, my grind, my creating, which I love and completes me. It's never to go away, but also have a nice balance of just staying off the internet enjoying life like every week i go to blue at the fister hotel uh, and i have drinks with 
a friend. Like it's like I do that. We put our phones down. And I just hang out with my friend. That's no cameras. We don't take pictures. We just talk. Yeah. And that's just something that I feel is lost. And it's so it's so cool when you make the decision to like put your phone down and be like I'm just gonna chill in the moment. Just hang with this person, you yeah. know, and just no distractions. And so that's something that I'm trying to kind of kind of em- embrace the, the older that I get. I don't know if I really recommend it for younger people who have all the time in the world. Um, but for me, as I get older and I've accomplished a lot of the things that I have, um, slowing it down and kind of just being in the moment and enjoying my accomplishments is something that I, I really want to do. That is really cool. I mean, do you, I mean, obviously you made that 45 minute video in Alaska. Like that's Oh no, I didn't make the 45 minute video. Oh, you didn't make it? No, oh. <laughs> that was the whole point. I recorded all this stuff the whole time. Oh, you didn't make yeah. it. Yeah. But I didn't make the video. All right, well, that's all content you still have. I mean, it's, that's something that would be cool to look at. Exactly. Show, picture, and I, and I, I will because I, I always I always go back on my YouTube channel and watch like my videos and stuff. Because yeah. the one neat thing about having documented my whole life uh, is that I can literally go on YouTube and at the click of a button relive the first time I ever met somebody. I recorded the first time I just met you. I have that on film. Some of the people that are my best friends in the whole world. I have the first time on film that we ever met. And so I get to relive those anytime that I want. I can go on YouTube. Well, what was I doing on October 9th in 2016? Oh, that's what I was doing. And that's a really cool thing to be able to say that you can do. Because do you remember what you were doing October 9th last year? Hell no. No. That's tough. It's neat. (laughs) That's tough to find that balance, though, between you and being present. Yes. Which is incredibly important. Yeah. But then also, like, document it. Because I do find value and I do enjoy it reliving those experiences there's nights where i'll cash a bottle of wine and i'll literally just pick a week on my youtube channel and i'll watch the videos and just kind of relive my life my time with my friends the vacation i went on the photo shoot i did uh and i really really enjoy doing that and so yeah like you said it's it's tough finding the balance between yeah document that making that but also being present (laughs) that is yeah and for me that's like a problem i run into too because my job revolves around social media i'm on social media all the time yeah So that's the last thing you want to do when you get done with work. But a lot of the times, it, it is the last thing. But a lot of times it just transfers into, you know, documenting it as well. It's just like accident. It's like shit, you know, I should be present here. Yeah. And you feel good when you let those things go. Oh, I think it was right? like, I think it was Derek Jeter. He used to, when anyone would come into his house, he had the people over, he would have a basket out. He's like, Phones? Phones that's there. so dope. That's, that's like, so dope. That's what I want. You know, family events get together. Yeah. Throw that shit in there. I We're good at being present. Uh, I'm, know, re- I'm really hoping, I really feel like, and I've talked about this on my radio show. I really feel like we're going to come full circle and like, I truly believe that like smartphones are going to become the new like laptop and iPad and like watches are going to become the new phone. I really think we're a generation of kids away that are going to be sick of being on social media and all they're going to want is a watch to get their calls, get their texts, get their notifications and when they have time, they'll worry about it later. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are, I'm hoping, are, you know, are going to kind of get sick of being on these things 24-7. Yeah. Or not, or I could be totally wrong. <laughs> no, that's that's interesting, though, because if you think about it, the evolution of just, like, the phone in general, like yeah. cell phone, it was so big, not on, I mean, it was on purpose, it had to be that big. Yeah. But then it got so small because they could. Right. And then it, now it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. Because it can. Right. And now it's going to shrink back down again, like, Fucking knows. Oh right! I mean, just imagine what these watches are going to be able to do. And like sooner or later, five like, more years, just teleport. Or yeah. teleport. But five like, more years. I can't arm. fathom what this thing is going to be able to it's do. It's going to be crazy. That's all you're going to need. What a time to be alive! <laughs> 2019. I know, right? Now that's cool. But I think I'm not normal with millennials. Is like I 
it's a really big pet peeve of mine when I go out to dinner with friends, when I'm sitting around with friends, when there's a time that you want to be with friends. I hate when they're sitting on the phones. Yeah. Like, and I get it, but I kind of don't. It's like, you know, we make plans to have dinner yeah. or whatever. Like, Why put away you... your fucking phone for Yeah, exactly. You know, like, nothing is that important. I mean, most of the time. Yeah. Nothing is that important that you can't just be in this moment. Unless a potential life. employer is emailing you right now and needs a response. Right. Or someone's dying. But even in most cases, they can wait now. Yeah, you know, like, like that's that. that's I something like that, that I I do not like. I just uh, wish everyone could be more present. More it's, fr- it's frustrating. I remember when I went to New York City a couple of years ago. Like yes. I, you, I was just walking around. It was literally everyone's head yes. was buried in their phone. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. But I do try to consciously be aware of it, especially when I'm around my wife. Yes. Um, there's nothing more that I hate than like. Have you ever seen that photo? Um, or there's this photographer where he basically has people pose yep. uh, with their significant others, but without. Without the phone, yep, yeah. exactly. and it's like it's it's shocking. It like, is, man. Like nighttime, you know, they're sitting in their beds. Yeah, be a time where you kind of start with the day. Or yeah, whatever. talk. Boom. No, but they're playing, you know, bejeweled and on right. Facebook and yeah, doing, no. doing whatever it is they're doing. Something else that was pretty cool. Like, so I lived after I graduated college, however many years ago, I lived with my dad for six months. Nice. And something that they did was at dinner every single day. They did this thing where you talked about, you just went around the table, talked about the best thing or something good that happened in your day and something that sucked. Ooh, I like that. It was really cool. It was just, I li- I'm going to steal that. It was awesome. You know, you were forced, forced, but an awesome force yeah. to talk to our family about something, whether or not you were in a good mood and wanted to yeah. or not. They were just pretty much like, just get off your phone, you know, enjoy your son's company. I like that. Me too, man. I, Smart parents. <laughs> 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 no, it's cool. And I, like I said, I think I'm really unnormal and maybe it's because of the field I work in where I am on my phone so often dealing with social media but I just I don't want to when yeah. it's all around you have you have a nice balance you have a nice balance <laughs> I try to man and it's tough and that's it's why you have this podcast and you can spread the good word hopefully <laughs> yeah that's you're here yeah <laughs> no no that's cool that was I like that conversation a lot um anything else before I ask these just a kind of wrap up question no so one that I like to ask pretty much everything or everyone is yes. advice I mean we kind of went over but you can kind of go deeper into it. Advice you'd have for younger Martin Moore. Like, what would you tell your younger self? Maybe not even like 10 years ago. Let's go 20 years ago. What the hell would you tell like 10 year old Martin Advice? Moore? Advice. Like what, if you could write yourself a letter, what would it be? You're going to like octopus, raw <laughs> octopus. You're going to enjoy Sunday drives. <laughs> and uh, don't stop believing in yourself. Okay. I know that's cheesy, that but cheesy. you have to be your biggest fan. Okay. You, you have to believe in yourself because here's the thing. No one other than maybe your significant other and your parents, no one really gives a shit about you or me or anybody else. You know, they, they, they really don't. So you have to be there for yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And if anyone else wants to support you in what you do, awesome. But ultimately in the end, you have to do what you're doing because it completes you. It's who you are. It's what you love. And it makes you happy no matter what anyone else thinks. Cause you have to, you have to not give a shit what anyone else thinks, or that will just completely derail every dream and aspiration that you've ever had. Hell yeah, I love that. That's actually something that I've struggled with too. And Gary Vee was like someone that helped me get over that. Nice. Like, you know what? I don't care. You know, I'm going to quit my fucking job. Yeah. I don't care. Mom told me not yeah. to. Whoever didn't, you know, it's like, I'm still going to do it. Exactly. And I think that ultimately it's been the best thing that worked out for me. 100%. You know, like, I was in the same boat as you. I had a good, I mean, obviously a lot less of a time frame, but I had a good job paying 
too much probably. Yeah. Um, but I quit it. I went full time on the thing that I love. You know, I'm in marketing now and I love it as well. Yeah. And it's I went to school for finance. I got a finance degree, so it's like not anything at all that I was expecting to have. Yeah. It's just funny how the way it works out. You, you, know? just, you just never know where where everything is going to lead you. You just there's you no really way. don't. And there's and, no way for you to know. No. And so you just kind of have to trust yourself, believe in yourself, do your thing. Don't pass up on opportunities. Yes. Unless I mean, yes. even some of the bad, even some of the bad opportunities are the ones that I thought were going to be the biggest waste of time. Ended up being the catalyst for some of the biggest opportunities. The free photo shoot that I did, uh, you know, some company saw those photos and decided to hire me. And had I not done the free photo shoot, I never would have got the, you know, ten thousand dollar contract with the other company. And so, you know, not, passing up on opportunities, I think is is. Not a good thing. No, I fucking love that. And you <laughs> said like something bad opportunities, quote. Yeah. I don't think there's a true thing as a bad opportunity no. that comes your way like that because I, I used to be terrible where someone would, you know, ask for an opportunity like that, a meeting, whatever, and it's like, nah, I'm not I don't want to do that, I don't want to waste my time with that. Yeah. Waste, you know, quotes are gonna waste my time. And now anytime anyone asks for a meeting, anytime anyone asks for a phone call, I don't give a shit who they are. Yeah. I don't care if they're trying to sell me life. You never know. I am taking every single call and just being as respectful as possible. And what I'm trying to do is help those people out like as much as I personally can. Because yep. I love, I like I love paying it forward, man. I love that. Dude, and it's, not, and you know, at the end of the day, if you help someone out, you give them something, you, you know, quote unquote, waste your time yeah. with that, you are giving them something. And I don't think that is ever waste, you know, another. No, wasting not at all. Because yeah. you're, you can't, you can't always be in it for yourself too. No. You have, you have to, you have to put energy out there if you want energy back. So. That's so true. Like you, I definitely stole that from God knows who. But that is not. Don't quote me on that. No, I, that's something that I have definitely learned. I like it's that. so much more about other. So I just read the book The Go Go. You ever heard of it? Mm -hmm. I don't read books. The last book yeah. I read was The Chipmunk's Great Adventure in second grade. So it's been a couple years. Uh, <laughs> no, one of the I read a book recently. And one of the quote was, "You have to be giving more value than you're receiving value." Yeah, I like that. that. But it's I like it's like the so saying with love. You have to give more love, or uh, give more love than you're getting. You yeah, hell yeah, dude. Like you have to, you both have to feel that way. Like yes. When you both feel that way, then you both feel love. Seriously, you, everybody gets something. Yeah. No, that's that's a hundred percent. No, I love that. Awesome, and this has been great. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Dude, thanks for coming. This yeah. has been seriously. I feel bad I didn't bring like headphones. I'll bring a I'll bring a little gift. <laughs> uh, or I'll drop something off next time I'm downtown. Like like that. Everybody. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So if there's nothing else you want to say, tell people, you know, plug yourself. Tell people yeah. they can find uh, you. Can find, if you just put Martin Moore in any social platform other than TikTok, because I don't have the time for it, uh, yeah. You'll, you'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me. I would really appreciate you following me on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'm really active. Obviously, my YouTube channel, Facebook, I don't really care about. Uh, it'd be awesome to, uh, to connect with people. And hopefully people enjoy my content. And if there's anything you ever, anyone, any of the listeners ever need from me, whether it's advice or a meeting or something like that, slide in my DMs. I'm a, I, talk, yeah. I have to talk to everybody. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening to episode 11 of the Casual Millennials podcast. You know where to find us by now. Just search up the Casual Millennials podcast anywhere. Until next time, have a good one.